Hey guys, welcome back to Nomad Wolf. You're listening to episode 37, a coffee talk episode where we sit down with a good buddy of mine. His name's Darren Liu. He's a primal health coach. He's also the co-founder of The Genius Bar, which is Asia's first and only broth bar. And it's also a restaurant that serves amazingly delicious and healthy food. We dive into one of his favorite topics, keto and what it is, what it is not. Uh, what does it mean to be fat adapted and how operating on ketones affects your mental and also athletic performance. So yeah, really excited to dive into this one and hope you guys enjoy. Ever miss the mark you set for yourself? You may be left vulnerable, feeling stuck in a low point, questioning your abilities to go out and perform what's staring back at you again. But in the midst of this dark time, you begin again, step by step, this time a bit smarter. But what's changed? Your approach. You've asked for help along the way, and those people have begun to light your path with answers and belief. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and this is the Nomad Wolf Podcast, a show about life, sport, business, and everything we could eat in between. We connect with high performers, endurance athletes, biohackers, mindset coaches, and pretty much anyone around the world with the appetite to challenge their potential, thus uplifting and unlocking everyone else's ability to seek theirs. So whether you're going from couch to 5k, or you're a long workout weekend warrior, we hope you find what you've been looking for, or what's been looking for you. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Nomad Wolf Coffee Talk. Pretty stoked for this week's convo because we're here with my fellow Bangkok brother, health savage inspiration and ultra marathon running partner, Darren Liu. Originally from Toronto, Darren moved out to Bangkok around three years ago and has not only found his passion for health, but has made it official by becoming a certified primal health coach to help spread his understanding of nutrition for others to benefit and live happier and longer lives. Not only that, but him and his fiance Kat have also opened up their own broth bar and restaurant known as the Genius Bar. So if anyone listening is ever in town, hit us up, come by, grab a delicious pack of pow and their Genius Broth. I promise you, you won't be disappointed and your stomach will be left feeling so, so good because it's all organically sourced from their farm and also cooked without vegetable oil. Darren, it's awesome to have you on the Nomad Wolf Coffee Talk. Excited to be here, man. Uh, long time coming. Big fan of your podcast, obviously. I've seen you start from the beginning, so it's nice to see that you've gone this far. And my first, second podcast, actually, and uh, very excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on, brother. So, as is tradition with this, uh, I guess, segment or series of the, the interview, um, how do you like your coffee? And where is your favorite coffee shop in the world? Uh, I usually like my coffees either a cold brew or ice americano. <clears throat> First of all, I work out in the mornings fasted, so I usually like a black coffee before that. And cold brews are known to be less acidic, so easier on your stomach, so you don't get any you know nausea from caffeine or coffee. So I like a cold brew. Uh, honestly. People are going to hate me for this, but I usually do a Starbucks, even though I know, you know, most of the beans are, you know, uh, 
could be pesticide ridden because it's such a large scale operation. But honestly, it's so quick. Uh, it tastes pretty good to me and it does the job. If I'm sitting down, I like dark, dark coffee. And uh, shout out to Phil's Coffee also close by the home. Really nice place to sit and chill. Good coffee as well. Yeah, really good coffee. The people there are just amazing. Yeah. And sure. it's and it's also such a quiet place to get work done as well. So shout out, Phil. Shout out, Phil's. So I know that you're a really big health guy. When it comes to coffee pre and post workout, um, is there a reasoning behind that? Like I know for most people, you wake up, you have coffee just to like, you know, increase that alertness and get ready for your day just to, you know, wake up essentially. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason why you have it pre and post or do you recommend like? Uh, pre because that caffeine kind of hits you a little bit. Uh, you need an energy boost. Uh, in the mornings, obviously you have the least amount of energy. Research says that around 3, 4 p.m. is when you have your biggest boost of energy. So that's when most people work out. But I like working out in the morning because it burns, I think the most fat. And so a coffee really helps me with that, the caffeine. I have a pre and post just because I love coffee. Um, actually, there's a lot of research coming out that coffee does um, enhance fat loss. I'm not mm. gonna go too deep into the science, but the research papers are out there. Yeah. And coffee is not as bad as you know it's, it's seen these days. Two or three is good. Uh, over three or four can get a little much. Yeah. Whenever you hit the, or at least personally for me, whenever I hit the three, four cup range, you know, I kind of border on like existential crisis, like anxiety, like, oh my God, too yeah. much. Yeah. Four or five is like dependence. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Two yeah, or three yeah. is like you, you enjoy it, you know, mm -hmm. you enjoy the taste of coffee. So, yeah. So I guess when, when you're doing the one, two, like you said before, and we're going to get so much deeper into quote-unquote fat burning into this 10-minute uh, coffee talk um, but having those um, cups of coffee uh, as bookends for your workout does uh, increase the the fat burning or the metabolizing especially when you uh, pair it with your workout I guess personally for me I started getting super interested into your health journey when you became I want to say mildly obsessed with keto Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. think that's fair to that's say. Fair to say. Um, and then you got my full, uh, full engagement and interest when you did your, your thirty day carnivore uh, experiment and also the write up, uh, which I for everybody listening I, I linked into the show notes so you can read Darren's uh, thirty day write up on his carnivore experience. But for those who know either very little or nothing about keto or carnivore. Let, let's start off with keto. Uh, could you explain what it is? Yeah. Uh, well, these days, the last three to five years has been like crazy diet culture, right? Everybody's coming out with these new diets, these new 30-day cleanses, because it's so easy to reach such a large scale of people. So everyone's trying to come up with their own products. I see keto pills around, just absolutely ridiculous. So there's a current misconception of keto. Uh, a lot of people think keto is a food list. So as long as you follow these keto foods, in quotations, that you will be in ketosis. But a lot of people don't really understand what ketosis actually is. It's a metabolic state where you're switching your body from a carb burner to a fat burner. 
So most of us, we've lived our whole lives as carb burners. You know, we eat, we eat carbs two hours later, we feel a little dip in energy. So we have to refuel with carbs and we're constantly reliant on the glucose and the sugar from the carbs to keep your energy, right? But keto allows you to efficiently use your fatty acids or your fat storage as fuel. And it's actually a cleaner fuel and your brain actually prefers that fuel. And once you feel those ketones hit, um, a lot of benefits, man. If you want to get into the benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That actually leads me perfectly into the next question. What's so great? What are the biggest benefits of doing keto or fueling yourself with ketones? Uh, The number one thing is probably mental clarity. Uh, There's something about how your brain feels when you're running on ketones. So... Essentially, when I wake up, I'm in ketosis, which is in fat burning mode. So after you fast for a certain amount of hours, you start producing ketones. And when you start burning them efficiently, your brain is just super, feels like it's enhanced. And it's hard to explain unless somebody gets there, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is just like, oh, you need carbs for energy. Your brain needs carbs. You need sugar to stay awake or whatever. But um, I do hope that at least once in somebody's life that they get into ketosis and that's part of my health coaching program to help people do that uh, stable energy for sure uh, there's no crashes throughout my day um, it helps curb my cravings for sugar and sweets I can walk down the aisle of you know grocery stores and just look past all the cookies and Thai sweets because you know yeah. As well as me in Bangkok. It was crazy yeah. when you walk through Gourmet Market, for example. Mm-hmm. It's just a barrage of <laughs> super sweet things. And, of course, it helps control your blood sugar. So the less carbs and sugar you're eating, the less spikes in blood sugar, the less spikes in energy, and, like, you don't feel lethargic. Yeah. Exactly. Those spikes in, um, I guess, blood sugar levels heavily dictates your, I guess, your mood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people are, when they become moody, it's probably because, you know, they had a high sugar meal for lunch, and then three hours later, uh, they need more, and if they don't get it, guess what? You know, breathing fire. Yeah, (laughs) if they don't get it, they're after the next Snickers bar, the next snack, or even the next Coke. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, We've all been there, so. I know, we we know it all too well, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's... I guess for everybody that, that's listening that hasn't been on keto, um, it's really such an experience where you're able to really feel this whole mental clarity that Darren's talking about. Um, and this, like once you're able to have that grasp of how you feel on keto, it's almost, it's almost like, oh, I want to prolong this feeling as opposed to kind of ruining it with any sort of sugar or carb-centered type of food that you put into you. We already kind of went into this, but what are the biggest reasons for people to go on keto, I guess besides mental clarity? Uh, A lot of people do it for fat loss and weight loss. Uh, Essentially, when when you're doing keto, you're eating a lot of healthy fats, some good protein, and less carbs so that kind of puts you in a automatic caloric deficit mm-hmm. right so you're eating a little less than usual because the carbs are very energy dense so when you take those carbs away and you fill your stomach up stomach up with more nutrient dense foods avocado steak eggs those are lower in calories but higher in nutrients 
So your body is satiated way faster. And that's why you will snack less. You will, your cravings will subside for sugar because you have given your body everything it's, it's asking for. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you can eat five bags of Lay's chips. They're nutrient empty, mm-hmm. right? You can eat a whole bag and your body's still craving for nutrients. So it's going to keep uh, sending those hunger signals to your brain. Like, okay, keep feeding me. Yeah. Right. So fat loss is a huge thing. Um, I think that's the main reason why people want to go keto. Yeah, it's the yeah, whole yeah. fat loss thing. The problem is it's not easy. You know, cutting carbs from a standard American diet is very hard. Yeah. And for some people, it takes more than six weeks of strict keto to get into fat adaptation, which we will probably get into in a bit. Yeah. Um, when it comes to that six-week process or less, uh, depending on how, I guess, disciplined and um, how a person feels, uh, what does that adaptation kind of consist of? You know, when some people uh, read up on keto and going through this adaptation phase, some encounter or read, you know, keto flu. Can can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, Uh, I definitely gone through a long phase of keto flu. Uh, when I started keto three years ago, not much research out. So a lot of self-experimentation on, you know, my macros. I focused way too much on the fats. I was eating a crazy amount of fat. What was your macro um, profile looking like? Well, a typical meal would look like uh, an avocado, like three eggs, some bacon, and uh a huge green salad with a lot of olive oil, mm. right? So my fats were crazy high. Was uh, that like 75, 80% fat or like? Um, so the, the percentages are different. So yeah, I would say about 60% fat. Okay. Yeah. And like the rest were protein and trace carbs, of course. Yeah. So yeah, the keto flu, I also, so not having enough protein definitely made my energy levels really low. Um, it was taxing on my workouts. I was very moody. You can ask Kat. Uh, I was overtraining as well because I was like, okay, the more calories you burn, the faster you'll get into ketosis. The more you fast, the faster you'll get into ketosis. So I was combining low protein, overtraining, and fasting, which is almost a combination for disaster. Yeah, you're like redlining everything. Yeah, redlining everything. And, uh, Big piece of advice for people trying to go keto is to focus on your electrolyte ingestion. So sodium, potassium, magnesium. When you go low carb, your body doesn't like to hold on to water. So when you excrete water, also goes your electrolytes. So replenishing that all the time will make you feel uh, better in the head. A lot of people get the keto flu because they don't focus on electrolytes. So that's a big thing. Um, when it comes to fat adaptation, what, what does that actually mean? Uh, pretty much you turn your body to a fat, a fat burner. So your body efficiently uses these fatty acids and ketones for energy, right? The problem is that a lot of people get stuck in the middle where they do two or three weeks of keto. They're eating very high fat, but they haven't given their body enough time to get used to all those fatty acids and to actually burn it. Yeah. Right. For fuel. So a lot of people are getting stuck with really fatty livers. So they're getting stuck with a lot of fatty acids in their blood mm-hmm. and no carbs. Mm-hmm. So your body's wondering, where the hell am I going to get my energy from? Mm-hmm. Right? So that is where some of the keto flu comes from. Mm-hmm. Right? So I tell a lot of people, get your electrolytes in, eat enough protein, 
and you know, give it a little bit more time before you get fat adapted. Because yeah. once you get fat adapted, you can switch from being a fat burner to carb burner very smoothly. Mm. Yeah. So what I mean by that is if I fast for 12 to 14 hours, I wake up in fat burning mode, ketosis, until I eat my first amount of carbs. And then it kind of, you know, stops ketone production. But then a few hours later, I'm back in ketosis. Yeah. And I'm fat burning again. That's fat adaptation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... Something that helps me is, like like with everything, you you work out a particular muscle and it just becomes more efficient, right? So I guess for example, the liver, right, is responsible for generating these ketones, right? Um, so if you think of the liver being a muscle, right, that generates these ketones, then you're kind of teaching your body to utilize that more mm-hmm. and utilize that more efficiently. Um, as opposed to, I guess, muscles that utilize glucose and, and stuff like that. So you're tra- kind of training your body to use one particular mode. And that might take a while. Right. That might take, like what you said, six weeks. Yeah. And that's a, that's a long process for trying to teach your body something new. Yeah. That's like, I don't want to change. Yeah, right? Especially if we've been in the same way for 30 years as car burners. Mm-hmm. It takes more than two weeks for your body to change your whole metabolic state. Yeah. So give it some time. And then also another uh, fun fact is uh, whenever people test, use those like keto strips or even test their their blood, um, sometimes uh, when people are producing high levels of ketones and they test those, that doesn't actually correlate to you burning those ketones, right? Can you Yeah, correct. So a lot of people are, you know, competing with themselves with the amount of ketones in their blood. Actually, the higher amount of ketones in your blood actually means you're not utilizing or burning those ketones efficiently. So if, when I first started keto, I was like 4.5 millimolars, and I was like, sick, this is yeah. crazy. But if I test myself today, when I'm you know efficiently fat burning, I'm at like 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4. And that, I know, is my optimal range of ketones because of how I feel. How I feel versus what the ketone blood meter is reading. Yeah. So my body is producing and burning at the same time. When it comes to performance and I guess athleticism, what is your experience been when it comes to performing um, and doing workouts, running on keto? We already spoke about being on keto men- mentally giving you that clarity, but in terms of physical, is there advantages to being on keto from an athletic point of view? I think it depends on what type of activities you're doing, Mm -hmm. right? So I come from a a long strength training background, almost like 15 years. I've I've loved doing weights. And if I look back now in the last two or three years, uh, I thought in my head that my lifts were better on keto. But now that I'm, you know, going back and forth, I'm eating carbs actually um, around my workouts to fuel my workouts for muscle recovery and everything. And my lifts seem, you know, a lot stronger with the carbs around my workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to your carb intake, do you, uh, is there a certain level of grams that you hit? Like, is it pretty, I don't know, measured out? Mm-hmm. Uh, not really anymore. Okay. Uh, so if I have a big lift day next morning, mm-hmm. I will eat 
let's say, a full sweet potato for dinner, right? You refill the muscle glycogen, and then next morning, uh, your lifts are just much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how I feel. And then after my workout, I also try to replace the muscle glycogen that I've lost. And for recovery, so I'll eat sweet potato after my workout as well. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to endurance, I definitely think that keto is amazing for endurance. Um, I ran long distance with you, that 100 kilometer, and I feel like being fat adapted really gave me a second, or no, fifth or sixth gear when it came to like endurance. Because mm-hmm. uh, the ketones are such a efficient fuel for long distance and lower intensity steady state cardio right where your body prefers to burn fat versus that fast acting glucose that you need for like sprints or hit exercises for example yeah so keto in my experience is better for endurance and not as optimal for big like power lifting and like uh very fast hit exercises for example yeah so for someone that is interested into going into keto they should come into it kind of in the perspective that their goal should just be to get their body fat adapted that way they can get to a point where they don't have to just choose to be keto and that's like their thing for like life right right forever yes uh, I used to think keto is forever. A lot has changed. I've learned a lot. A lot of self-experimentation. I'm no longer crazy dogmatic about it. But I do wish that everyone got into fat adaptation so they can go back from carb burner to fat burner. They can, like, for example, you and I, I know you haven't eaten yet because you you pretty much wait just like me until, like, what, what time do you eat usually? 3 p.m. is usually... 3 p.m.? Damn. I don't wait that long because I work out, I lift in the morning, so I need to eat earlier. Uh, so Glenn's in fat burning mode until 3 p.m., which is awesome. And yeah, uh, no, it's all good. I, I think the biggest takeaway from this episode is, you know, keto is great. And the feeling of being on keto is amazing whenever it comes to the mental clarity. You also... Uh, can burn uh, extra fat because you're utilizing it as a steady source of energy. But the whole goal um, to be doing keto is to train your body to be able to use the other system as opposed to it relying so much on carbs and glucose so that you're able to uh, operate in both of these, these I guess, quote-unquote operating systems, right? Yeah. And that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. If I can add one more thing, if you think about how we've evolved as human beings, our ancestors didn't eat every single day. They didn't eat three times, six times a day. Right. And they also had to hunt for their food. Exactly. So they hunted an animal. They probably ate it or kept it for however, how many days. And then they wouldn't eat for five to six days probably until they found their, their next prey. And so they're essentially in ketosis that whole time. They're burning fat. You know, they're walking a lot. So I believe that we've been evolved to burn ketones as the preferred fuel source. Mm -hmm. And it's not until agricultural evolution that, you know, we introduce carbs. I mean, our ancestors probably found some vegetables and fruits, but I think they are survival foods. Like if there was no meat... 
if there was no prey, then they would eat vegetables mm-hmm. just to get those calories in. And I'll probably get a lot of heat for that, but that's what I believe. Preach what you believe. Yeah, dude. Um, Darren, I want to thank you for jumping on this quick installment of the Nomad Wolf Coffee Talks. Um, and I just want to reiterate that I love what you're doing with Genius Bar, with your health coaching, and also your training. Um, it's in your journey has been inspiring for me to watch, and I'm sure uh, it's been inspiring for a lot of people who uh, follow you on Instagram or just happen to know you. Um, and for uh, everyone listening right now, uh, Darren's full-length episode will be airing next week. So, yeah, Darren, thank you again. This has been awesome, man. Love to share what I know and my experiences. Thanks, bro.